And we're live. Welcome to the Strength Syndicate podcast, episode number six, with myself, Shane Story, and my co-host, Lawrence King. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Iron Ian, Ian Grant, the Iron Mindset, uh, Mr. Abs, Mr. Flyfit himself, uh, <laughs> join us today to run us through the beginner's guide to powerlifting, basically, okay? So, Ian, how are you getting on? I am fantastic. Am I the first person to receive so many titles in the introduction? Because I feel privileged right now. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that. You, you, you deserve some, especially oh, you did win you. the Mr. Flyfit competition last year. Uh, Ab <laughs> Series 4 was the Mr. Flyfit competition. <laughs> yeah, I, You're going to remember that one for a while now, given that you came second. But that's all right. I guess I think that's still a good place. But that was actually a, that was a good comp. I am doing great, boys. And uh, I do really appreciate this taking the time to have me on so thank you very much i'm loving what you're doing it's really really good um come here that's all great but i'm completely out of the fucking loop here what the fuck is mr flight advice come on <laughs> <laughs> basically uh basically me and ian were in a bit of a competition last year to see who was the king of fly fit uh while i was working there he's also working in the swords fly fit and we just want to see who is going to be the strongest person in the in the company Unfortunately, in one weight category. I did indeed, yes. And Shane soon left the company after that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a coincidence. Probably left his tail between his legs after losing that. And um, in the same weight category. Uh, no, I would I would say at the time, no, definitely not. What did I think you weigh you were quite light for that comp, if I recall? You were like 86, 87? 89. Oh, 89. Okay. I think I was about 95. So no, we definitely, you were definitely a fair bit lighter and you actually, you hit some real nice numbers in there, man, as far as I recall. And that was one of the things that actually kept me going for that comp was knowing that your training was going really well. I was like, I can't like this. I was like, this guy is already way more aesthetic than me. I can't let him beat me now. You know what I mean? So it was good. It gave me, it lit the fire under my ass. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a very good competition. I suppose I'll have to qualify for the pro-am now in august and has to happen I'll, has to. I'll have a, i'll have another crack at beating you <laughs> um but yeah so thank you for coming on to the podcast so i suppose we want to touch on some kind of specifics related to powerlifting and like you know how a beginner could get into powerlifting but i think a really good re a good re reason why we got you onto the podcast was you went from being a beginner to being like a quite a advanced powerlifter or quite a seasoned competitor now. So you've competed in pretty much all of the Ab Series events. Mm -hmm. uh, so in quite, like what, two or three years? Uh, yeah, so the first one was April 2019. And the most recent one then was April 2021. Yeah, so do you want to talk us through a bit of your kind of experience of, say, before powerlifting? So how you even got interested in strength training and then your kind of kind of journey into getting into powerlifting competitions sure absolutely uh, i will warn you strap in i will try not to deviate too far off the point but i will be as concise as i can while providing as much detail so savage boys all right settle in now here we go and if you have any questions along the way please do jump in so Back, this is like when I was a kid, 16 years old, I started pro wrestling. So for those that don't know, pro wrestling is the same stuff you would have seen on TV, the WWE, the WWF. I did that for 10 years of my life. All right. So this was me and my friends traveling up and down the country, you know, planning out matches and slamming each other, wearing our tights. You know what I mean? That was what our whole gig was for years. And that was a lot of what my life centered around in my young adult years. And then you know, I grew up, I stopped doing it uh, around 2014. Uh, I had some mild injuries I was taking time off from. And then over time, that just became less and less and less of a thing that I wanted to go back to. And I was really, really starting to enjoy the gym more. We always trained with, with uh, wrestling. We always, we did a lot of squats. Jesus, we used to have a, there was one trainer who was, his whole buzz, you had to do 200 squats and 100 push-ups before you could ever get in the ring. So I was quite experienced with squats, let's just say, at least bodyweight squats. And then, so a friend of mine gave me a gym program. This is maybe 2011. I started doing that on and off. He was a good guy, really good trainer, introduced me to squat, bench, deadlift. His program is very concise. It, I think it was literally squat, bench, deadlift, row, chin up, and 
overhead press. So real, real basic. And uh, <clears throat> off the back of that, I built a pretty decent base. I started getting really into fitness, as I mentioned, as I came to the end of my time in wrestling. I uh, got really into YouTube fitness. I used to love um, Elliot Hulst, you know, the biggest bro of them all. Uh, I, I thought that his whole shtick with strength camp was really cool. So I was into that. And uh, I really liked the idea then as I moved away from wrestling, competing in something that was a bit more tangible and actual competition instead of, you know, pretending to slam your mates, actually beating somebody at something. <clears throat> so <clears throat> moving on a little bit from there, I got into, I decided I wanted to qualify as a PT. I had spoken to the same guy that gave me a program. He had said, look, man, you know, you're training well, you know your stuff. Why not get involved with this side of it? So I went and got qualified. I actually did that through Image Fitness. The course was good. Some of the instructors are good. I'm sure you guys know uh, most PT courses are really, really, really two-dimensional. They're just tipping the bait, tipping off a lot of different bits and pieces. But I knew from there, I was very interested in the likes of powerlifting and strongman. So I came to work in FlyFit then in 2017. And while I was there, I met a guy named Ben Kelly. Ben was a GPC powerlifter and I would do a bit of training with him. So every Monday I would go in and squat with Ben, usually in the morning, and he would just beat the shit out of us. Like it was, it was great crack, but like, I love the camaraderie of it because it was himself, myself, and another guy named Eddie that worked there too. Three guys were trained together. People would come and like watch us train. You know what I mean? We thought we were, you know, the big boys with our like 170 banded box squats. You know what I mean? He, he ran a, they run Westside from uh, out of Ben's gym. So I did a little bit of that for a while. That was good. Then I kind of started to decide, this is coming into 2018 now, I guess. I really decided I wanted to compete in something. And I started to like look around Ireland to see what we did here. And I knew there was a bit of strongman. I knew there was a bit of powerlifting. And I knew there was a bit of CrossFit. And there was a good few CrossFitters in our gym. Now, I will preface this by saying I never actually competed in CrossFit realistically. But at FlyFit Star hosting this crossfit event called the flyfit games originally enough and uh, i jumped in on that for the crack one year and that was a bit of fun so i started to do a little bit of i suppose the most generic version of strength and conditioning you could imagine i did two barbell movements a session and then a nice big load of conditioning at the end so like flipping a tire pushing a sled jumping on the rower whatever you want that's how i made up my volume i actually got in pretty good shape doing it i got pretty strong i finished out 2018 by pulling 280 on the deadlift on bumper plates mind you but still at that stage I was like right I'm I think I'm getting to the stage now I want to do something and at that point I think I had seen no I tell you what it was Mark Stell uh, Barbell Stell or the uh, the strongest praying mantis junior in Irish powerlifting unbelievable unbelievable athlete he started compete he started uh, training with us in five he was working there for a very short period of time and uh, he kept mentioning that he was a member of abs. I, I followed abs on Instagram then as well. And I had decided from there, I definitely want to compete in something. I believe this is, we're almost there, boys. Don't worry. Uh, we get to January, 2019. And I see, I believe it's around then. I saw the ad go up for ab series, the first ever ab series. So I said, to hell with it, I'll sign up. Threw my name in, had not a breeze what it was about. Just said, I knew it was squat. I knew it was bench. I knew it was deadlift. So I'm going to start training that way for the next little while. I had actually, prior to this, messaged a lot of different... Um, I messaged like a, a couple of federations over here and a, a couple of different places that did powerlifting or had powerlifting equipment asking about like joining or getting some guidance or coaching. And the only ones that actually got back to me were, were abs. It was actually Jay Farrant messaged me back and sent me like a series of voice messages. I asked him a question about joining and about bench press. And he took the time to send me about six minutes of voice messages explaining what I need to do for bench. And anyone that knows Jay knows that that's remarkable. You know what I mean? That he, he, he gave that much time. But uh, that kind of sold me that, you know, abs is a good spot. Everyone that trained there seemed to say it was really good. So uh, I went down to watch an IPF comp February that year. Mark competed and won his category. Great guy. Uh, that was, uh, Keen Madden was there too. It was actually, Keen was the first person I compared what I was doing to. I was like, okay, he's lifting this, lifting that, I reckon I could do something similar to him. So he's he won his category, so I must be decent. Uh, Kane is has since skyrocketed past me, I'll just say. He's he's an incredibly, incredibly strong guy. So roll around March, I come down to abs to join up. I met <clears throat> Jake Brennan there, who I actually knew from when we went to school, ironically. There's a, a shocking number of lads and ladies 
from where I went to school around that time that are all either in powerlifting or strongman or something or fighting there it just there must have been something in the water like you know what I mean but it was it was a good a good group of people so Jake and I did a small bit of training together he talked me through some of the things for powerlifting gave me some advice rocked up to ab series in my crossfit knee sleeves and uh nearly killed myself on my third squat but that was my first soiree into powerlifting and it was obviously very good because I keep coming back I think what really got me on the day was that I had joined abs a week prior and uh, Davidas one of the coaches in abs who I, I knew peripherally through friends handled me for the whole day as well as like seven other lifters but I never felt at any stage like I was alone I was like you know what this is this is it boys this is the one this is the guy and this is the place so uh that was my first ever experience in powerlifting. So that takes me from how I first ever started training all the way up to that. So thanks for sitting through that, boys. That was pretty epic. <laughs> Thank you. How did you get on in the second competition? Not as well, but I think that was due to a number of factors. That, you competed at that one too, actually, and you did, did. really, really well. Mm. You got more points than me at that one, if I recall correctly, actually. That would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> You did, you did really well at that one, actually. But uh, this, the, that one was, I liked certain. So this, the, the second comp was interesting because they changed a lot of the equipment we were using. We used the Kabuki bar for everything. We had to walk out our squats, which I preferred at the time. And uh, I was really happy with how my squat went. I think it was 132 and a half at the time in sleeves. I was really, really happy with that because squat was one of the things, as I came into powerlifting, I didn't really think I was a great squatter. And I thought it was like a mediocre bench, but I had a good deadlift. And ironically, this competition went the whole other way. I was happy with my squat. I hit a 150 on the bench for the first time, and I absolutely shit the bed on my third deadlift. I think I went out to pull 270 and just couldn't get it off the ground. It, I think what I had done wrong in that period of time was I had been running the abs program like outside of the gym myself and I was not really listening to the advice I was getting I was assuming I knew what to do because when I was programming myself I deadlifted maybe twice a week whereas I think this had like three to four deadlift variations in it and uh, I was trying to max out all of them like these you know the way uh, there was actually a time back in the day we had three by six on deadlift on a Tuesday and I think the first day like two days after my first comp I was trying to pull 220 for six and like my eyes were bloodshot and my face was going beetroot red. And Mark Stell walked in and said, what, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you even training for? So I think that my problem there was actually not understanding how powerlifting programming worked. And that has been one of the best things on iteration is understanding how these things go. So I definitely feel like just to bring it around to like how people would step into this sport, you'll oftentimes see, I think they like that they think powerlifting is just go hard all the time on every single lift so that's one thing i've since learned which was a good experience uh, no i think that's a very definitive learning outcome for someone <laughs> and it's it's kind of happens in the fire that i think you do need to go through mm -hmm. uh, and shane have kind of spoken a lot about the benefits of going to that rp of 10 or figuring out like for yourself like i'm burning the candle at both ends here and while it's not fk efficacious in its training outcomes it is beneficial in learning okay if i go to this place i am going to crucify myself and it's mm -hmm. for what you're saying there you obviously it mightn't have been something that might have just clicked for you straight away but obviously from being in an environment of around powerlifters and good powerlifters at that um, you obviously got that when you need when you needed it. Um, it was a it was a good wake up call for sure. Uh, I think that's something as well you you learn from training in a gym with other powerlifters as opposed to just training with yourself. Because when you're just training with yourself, and especially if you're doing it in like a commercial gym or something, uh, like you know if you're like not to be cocky, but if you're lifting like the weights that we would be lifting in a in a commercial gym, people yeah. do look at you like you know and that does feed your ego and that can be like that can force you to not make the smart decision when you are training but you learn pretty quickly when you're training around people who are stronger than you or in a powerlifting gym that like it doesn't like it doesn't fucking matter like what you're lifting on that day or it's not gonna like uh it, it doesn't matter what you lift in the gym matter, matters what you lift on the platform so mm -hmm. blowing your load and just trying to uh, lift heavy for the sake of lifting heavy and uh, for the sake of beating the logbook or 
uh, to try get a GMPB. It doesn't really matter in the crown context of things. And like, I mean, that's definitely something I even say, I even still struggle with at times, you know, because you do kind of want to progress from block to block, but you have to also take into account, you want to progress from meet to meet, not just block to block. For sure. Um, so I mean, what was kind of the, the moment for you that kind of, obviously you were talking about that experience of the, the powerlifting meet, but obviously there was something there train-wise that happened and the kind of captivated your drew towards powerlifting what was it about the sport in of itself um that kind of drew you in i suppose from taking the time on like working in a commercial gym setting and everyone is super dialed and focused in on their aesthetic most of my clients are the same story everyone's obsessed with how they look and the more I worked with people and the variety of people I worked with, I found that when we shifted the focus away from strictly how they looked and more about how they felt about how they perform and performance-based training in general, making them feel better and move better and feel better in themselves, regardless to what a scales might say, or, you know, if they have a six pack or not, I think that shift in focus, like that I was trying to give to my clients started to happen to me. So I started to see more value in saying, well, you know, my body will, tangibly change over time whereas this is something that i can work on right now so something that like you know powerlifting is a fairly simple idea it's very like simple movements that you can progress over time they don't take an awful lot to practice they don't take an awful lot of skill to learn they can take a lot of skill to perfect for sure but uh i think the draw for me was firstly the competitive element to give me something to train towards because i found especially in my first year year and a half and in, in personal training and working in a gym uh, was I was very much focused on growing my business and securing a good spot for myself in FlyFit uh, working there uh, I, I have I since now work in management for the company as well which has been a great experience too but uh, I was very much focused on becoming a good trainer first and I noticed my own training started to suffer for it and it was as I realized that i quite missed having something to train at so previously would have been wrestling we would have kept ourselves in shape or you know we wouldn't you know have eight points of guinness because you know we have a show on friday and saturday uh, but giving myself that back was actually a really really big deal so i suppose shifting the focus away from strictly aesthetics to something more performance based that's very very simple to see the progress on you know i used to only be able to lift this weight for two and now i can lift it for three or i can lift it for five was a really really big deal for me and my clients too as i mentioned so i suppose that and then also giving myself something to train at each time so every time i i finish a meet i take a moment i smell the roses i'm happy and say okay now when's the next thing when's the next one what can i work towards now and ironically by changing that focus the aesthetic goals i would have had for myself previously are actually now coming to me more readily than they ever did before when that was what my main focus was, you know? So uh, that would be the big thing for me is that I, by focusing on performance and being better at this thing, I've actually achieved more than when I was strictly focused on these extrinsic things, like how good looking I am or how fit I look, you know what I mean? Just trying to look like Shane, you know what I mean? When he's like 83 kilos and ripped, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, I think uh, Shane's story is slowly becoming the nail ideal. And um, we're going to see kind of busts all over. <laughs> very <laughs> memeable face as well. Very good. <laughs> two or three thousand years time when they're excavating the, the ground. Chain <laughs> story. Uh, personified in statues and bronze busts. Them stairs. I'm lucky I, I'm lucky I get to look at them every week as well. Um, of course. So you were drawn drawn in initially by the ability to compete, the something that you saw, that you saw you might have some ability towards, mm -hmm. so that it was something that which you could potentially get better at. Um, I think that's kind of, I would be quite similar to that myself, that powerlifting is something that like you were saying there just before we started recording you could absolutely demoralize yourself by going on instagram and looking at mm. some 14 and a half year old squatting 250 kilos for a set of 12 but when you do kind of shrug that off and kind of realize right i'm not ever going to be an all-time world record holder but i definitely have the capacity to get better um i think that's definitely something for 
beginners to, to take away as well is that even though they're not instantaneously squatting 300 kilos or pulling three or benching three plates that regardless of what level they're at there is an ability to progress um, they adhere to a program and buy into sleeping well and staying away from the drinking the drugs and the women um, I mean there is there is a path forward um, in that I think as well it allows you to become more process oriented as opposed to the outcome like outcome oriented so you touched on the fact that you had like a set goals in the past and strength training and kind of being more kind of powerlifting focused as well that helped you come to those a bit better and because like you know muscle gain muscle gain or hypertrophy is something that is so slow to take place and like you know you could you could do your sets of bicep curls every day of the week and the next week your bicep might not be any bigger <laughs> and the next month it might not be any bigger uh, because it happens over like like it could t- like take a year two years for you to see real kind of uh, proper change in that area whereas if you're focused on something like the squat the bench and deadlift especially movements that are kind of involved like multiple multiple muscle groups your capacity to change them and increase them over over even a short time scale like is quite motivating in a sense because you can see the progress a lot quicker and then that the progress in those areas will contribute to like over time like i mean if you take your 100 kilo bench to 140 kilo bench like you will have some muscle mass to show for it <laughs> absolutely but this i suppose as well there's so few barriers to participation in what it is because the movements themselves are not, as I mentioned, they're not like tricky to learn. They're, they're fairly basic. And that's why they're usually the first few things most trainers will teach, you know? So obviously there's a, there's a standard to meet, which is, I think most average people actually can. I think it just takes that little bit of coaching. So once you can do the movements to a standard and you can load a little bit of weight on the bar, you're pretty much good to go. Like naturally, I'm sure most people prefer to feel comfortable enough to stand up on a stage and a single at first but uh i've without a doubt found in my time in powerlifting because by proxy of me coming into it i have since dragged in several of my colleagues and friends and now i'm dragging my clients in as well that every i always say to them when they when they kind of say yeah cool okay i'll do it uh, they'll do one to see what it's like and then immediately say okay when can i do another one you know what I mean? Because I think it's a period of time they can have where they're training towards a goal and each session for them, they understand it makes them more consistent with training. They want to train more regularly. There's something to train at rather than, you know, an arbitrary goal. Like, you know, I just want to look better, which is something that, you know, takes a much longer period of time and a lot more investment, whereas they can kind of, as you mentioned, become process orientated, which I think is, 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 vital for most people it's those behavioral changes and having that motivation or that determination or something tangible like that like okay whether i like it or not this date is coming so i can slack now but i'm going to pay for it on the day or i can you know enjoy the process try to improve these things over time and the accumulation of all that will be on the platform on this day so i really like that idea and i think that really really resonates with people especially those that like you know are maybe trying to move away from you know being strictly obsessed with you know how flat their stomach is or you know like a lot of people know how big their ass might be you know what i mean so they can they can really get into it. especially fine maybe, maybe more so now for my female clients especially they're really enjoying the fact that it's something that they can post on instagram that isn't just all about how good they look they can say well damn i'm actually pretty strong too you know what i mean and they get a lot of like and i think there's a good support network in powerlifting especially here because it is still quite small i find that anyone i've brought in immediately gets like absorbed into this community and everyone you know wants to get to know them or give them feedback or help them or you know otherwise uh be like i think there's just that commonality of you know working in on each other's bench or sharing a rack or sharing a platform and i I think that's a really cool idea i like the community aspect of it too i'm probably off on a tangent here boys so feel free to rein it back in that's okay um yeah i suppose the community aspect is huge isn't it because you like from an outsider's perspective you would think that powerlifting is really individual, like, you know, because it's just you on the platform doing your weight. Whereas like, definitely like if you're in somewhere like abs who like, I think at this stage, we should be getting some kind of sponsorship from uh, abs considering how often we mention 
Ed um, on the podcast. So Jay, if you're listening, free membership, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like if you if you're in somewhere like apps, like the community aspect is like insane. Like uh, like you know, the big guys like Jake, who's like you know one of the strongest powerlifters in the country, all the way down to uh, like the the lighter the lighter girls who are like 47 kilos or like people who are just walking in the door on their first day like everybody gets treated with pretty much the exact same respect and like you know everybody gets critiqued on their lifts like whether you be uh where you have like a fucking gold medal like Barry Piggott in like mm-hmm. the bench press or if you're just somebody who's again just on their first day you're going to get critiqued the exact same mm. and supported the I exact same but it's yeah just talking to other powerlifters kind of at other meets and around the country that kind of community aspect is seems to be synonymous with powerlifting it's like obviously abs great club but it's consistent it, it is consistent throughout like like the um, i started powerlifting in a, a little kind of a an alleyway in limerick it's a gym in an alleyway uh packed powerlifting club uh, great community like great bunch of lads down there, really sportive city gym in Limerick. Um, there's another uh, studio or urban. Studio one, that's right, yeah. yeah. Urban Barabell as well. That, I think maybe, are they, is, are they the same guys? Yeah, same they place. Yes, okay. yeah, it's Ian's gym. Ian yeah. Benson. I think if somebody was to listen to this and they were kind of like on the fence of like, oh, fuck it, they do meet. Like, just join a club. 100%, man. Doesn't like it doesn't make a difference where it is. Just expose yourself to some coaching. Like, look, if you meet if you meet a coach, and they're shit, that's still a learning outcome. Like, it's still you're still learning something. But my experience generally is that if you have a coach and they care, I've been quite lucky with the coaches I've had uh, so far. I've been coached by Dav and Eamon Harford. Most coaches that you get in, get involved are trying to help and they're generally pretty good as well. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's abs or, I don't, I don't know, Odyssey or yeah. City Gym or anywhere. It doesn't matter where it is really. Like, as long as you're within the club, you will definitely get pulled into the, the black hole the, that is powerlifting. Because, like... Oh. Sure. Like you're, you're right there. Like with everything you just said, like with all the different places, like there's so many clubs in Ireland now. And Shane and I were talking previously. Uh, one thing I like about, I've, I know Shane, we've trained together and things like that. Like I know how high of a caliber of trainer he is that it's very, it's very easy for me to refer people to him for like online coaching. I know like the guys across in Odyssey are quite a high standard of online coaching too for powerlifting specifically. So if somebody were to come to me and say, I'm looking for an online powerlifting coach, I would be more inclined to send them to somewhere like that. Whereas then you've like, you've got places like, like city gym, for example, have, their own like gimmick they've got like the yurt thing you know what i mean that's that's so cool like that they've got the you know the guys have this camaraderie and this like the amp up thing you know what i mean that that's cool you know what i mean i think once before it might have been actually jerkules somebody made a meme of it online of the different entrances i think it was strength militia was cindy lopper coming like as if we we're it was pro wrestling this is what resonated with me steady gym was like the ultimate warrior and abs was the undertaker like just how people walk to the platform and things like that. And it's just fun. even like that, things like that. It's cool that each club kind of has its own little niche or like identity. But ultimately, like I know myself from being in FlyFit or any commercial gym I'm in, there's actually a guy I know from a gym down in Babrigan named Reese Manning, the compound king, who uh, I believe Shane used to train there too, actually. Uh, the only real connection I have to him is that I think once I walked in and I was putting on a pair of SBD knee sleeves and he came over and just started chatting to me because he was another powerlifter. So we just started talking shit and he's a really cool guy, you know? So I like that. And same now, I'm the same thing. If I spot somebody in SBD knee sleeves, I might go over and be like, hey, do you, do you need any chalk? You know what I mean? You know, we've got an Alico bar down here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to, you just, you've got that instantaneous connection with people you don't even know, or you might know them peripherally through Instagram. But yeah, I really, I really, really love that, you know? Oh, I totally agree with you. Um, it's something I like. I'm always like, I did my first powerlifting meet maybe like two years ago. Um, but like I'm saying, like anybody that is anyway interested in lifting and a little bit competitive, I would always say to them, just do a meet. 
just just feel the buzz of your name being called. It's you know, you know it. There, there's there is nothing like it. And going out and you're amped up. People are people, and no, like that is. I think it's one of the most beautiful things about powerlifting. Nobody wants to see you fail. It. Nobody Absolutely. wants. Nobody wants to see you get hurt. Like it is everybody within the realm of powerlifting will say the same thing that like if you're at a meet, it doesn't matter who is in the platform. You want to see them get the lift. You want to see, you know, it's nearly like you're we're all in the Coliseum and the the gladiator is down there and we're all cheering on. Do you know, like it's yeah. just a real like tribal thing about it that I love. Um and like I've had a lot of friends that like have done meets that have gone to college with or whatever. And they never competed again. They did a meet, said they loved it, kind of fell out of training for different reasons. But even years later, they'll still talk about that meet and the, the thrill of it. So even just as a, a bucket list thing to do, uh, I, I do think it's a, it's a great thing to just, to just try. Uh, you'll see, you're dead right there because you'll see people in an audience give, you know, whether it's Jake Brennan squatting 420 kilos and they'll give the, everyone be shouting from, but by the same, by the same token, you could have, you know, a 17 year old kid in there doing their first bench, their third bench press. And it might not be a massive amount of weight, but if people see them genuinely trying, they're going to amp them up. They're going to get them going and they're going to cheer. Like, you know, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite like everybody just collectively forgetting that this person wants to lift the weight like <laughs> you're just trying to willpower for them you know yeah, the collective will absolutely love it. it's like mass do you know what mm. it is genuinely like like the priest rings the bell and everybody gives the same response there's this weird collective unconscious going on like that everybody just follows these norms mm. uh, but um so one thing Shane definitely said earlier that I kind of thought was um really relevant to talk about is you've gone from being just pro wrestler jumping around the place battering lads and tights to pro um level powerlifter in a relatively short period of time so what was your kind of Obviously, you were training and you did the meets, but what was it that kind of facilitated that happening? Was it just that you were like, right, I'm all in on this and I'm just going to try and get as good as I can? Or was it just kind of a coincidental kind of thing? So we touched on it briefly earlier about how I had a little bit of a performance drop off between my first and my second meet. Like when I went into my first meet, I honestly, I genuinely believe I went in with the correct mindset. I wasn't necessarily going in to, you know, try and break any records. I definitely wanted to put in a good performance. I did. I missed my third bench, but other than that, I was really happy with everything went. Uh, I did get a small PB on my squat, which I was happy about, but I was quite reserved on my on my bench overall and my third on deadlift. So between that meet and the second meet, I, so between the second and third meet, I did become like we've spoken about very everything together between understanding that, okay, I, I understand that the, the, you know, there's a certain amount of fatigue at these movements as a skill and practice the skill. So became super like dialed in on that, got down to abs more regularly, which was obviously vital. This is what I'll say to anyone who was listening, who is peripherally flirting with the idea of either hiring a coach or joining powerlifting or anything, just do it. It changes so much about what you do. There were so many things on this program. When I started, I was like, that's stupid. Why is that in there? I don't like doing this move. And just by putting the head down and doing it, I'm now I'm like, ah, okay, I see. And there's so many more things. When you take, when you stand out of your own, you know, wind tunnel of greatness, you can start to see other people actually do know their stuff, especially as a, as a trainer. You know what I mean? I, I've always tried to not really have an ego about myself. I'll ask everyone for help, but uh, I suppose I was very much saying that I needed to put myself in the hands of the guy, these guys that have had this experience. So became very process oriented between me two and three, and it paid dividends big time uh, in a massively improved performance. And I think that was ab series three then. So between three and then now up to all the way to ab six, going into abs uh, four, I guess I had my small rivalry with chain, which was good fun. And then honestly, the biggest indicator, biggest impact for me was 
I'd imagine indirectly everything that, with, that was going on with lockdowns probably meant I was recovering better, I guess. But also just the ability to my my um what's the best way to phrase this i would not take no for an answer with training i made sure i had enough equipment i spent a lot of money to get a combo rack to get a lot of steel plates which actually i believe lauren is one of our first conversations you were going to steal it from actually we were talking over bench press uh so by by making sure i could maintain a degree of training and then as soon as abs was open again making sure we were there for our deadlift and squat sessions and like that just getting down and listening to the guys on things that, you know, may have challenged my belief system, but by just listening, I actually did learn a lot and then becoming more into the process of okay, how do not only how do I become better, but how would I go about coaching people and surrounding myself with people that wanted to get better as well. And I think that's the biggest thing is having people around you that are constantly pushing too. And I suppose there's an element of it there that I'm, I don't like the word lucky, but I guess I'm lucky that I obviously took really, really well to this type of training. I've been training on a barbell to some degree for about 10 years, maybe a little more. And I just happened to get quite good at these things, you know? So there's that element too. But, uh, and then as, as mentioned, just becoming super, super process oriented. And then I do, I have to give credit where credit is due. I followed the program through iteration and finding out how I should use that program versus somebody who's like 20 kilos lighter than me or somebody who's 20 kilos heavier than me or younger than me or older than me or whatever by learning how it works for me and around my how i excel or where i should pull back that was massive for me and that was true a lot of guidance from the likes of jay himself uh davidas as i mentioned earlier and then a lot of the other lifters there just having them look at your set being honest with you was it good was it awful what could you do different? What could you improve on? Should you, you know, it, it, it could be a myriad of things as I'm sure, you know, oh, your elbow flared out a little bit on that bench or you're, you know, you extended a little bit faster your knees coming out of that squat. You know what I mean? So certain things like that, even down to like, I, this is actually a big one and I'll actually credit Shane for about accessory work. And I just asked him what he did for accessories. And he just basically broke it down that he kind of, he had a, a gym and just, beating the shit out of my biceps or my shoulders or just doing something to add up junk volume basically and I could see that he was quite as he mentioned he had a, he had a bit of purpose with it he had a process to use these as tools to what he was d- doing elsewhere in the program so by adopting a similar idea so to take the number of things I was doing down a little bit focus on those and use them as a method of progression as well that's huge that was that was a big one so my work capacity got better I definitely got a bit more jacked and uh, I, I think just by doing those things and then letting the, how would, I, how would I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, by letting the, by looking at the squat, the bench and the deadlift as the movements and then letting myself kind of, you know, work on the, I suppose the volume or intensity through the rest of the program and not feeling like I needed to break a record every single time I came into the gym. It ultimately led to better, better peak, which led to better performance on the day. That's a bit of a diatribe now, Lance, but uh, that is pretty much the whole thing. Edit that however you need to, Shane. <laughs> I won't be editing that at all. That was, that was brilliant. Well, thanks. Um, so just for somebody at home, or rather disabled, that still have looking up fucking Ian Grant and open powerlifting and scroll. <laughs> right, give the people what they want. Tell them your first total and what's your most recent total. So in my very first comp, I finished about six it was either 645 or 647.5 in total and then most recently i finished on 750 so that's about almost to the day two years and i've put on about 100 kilos on the total pretty good all right i'm, I'm happy with it it's pretty pretty decent like so what's the say so that's two years what's the the pipe dream as regards the the number do you know let's say even just for series seven what's kind of the the hope what i'd love to do is so the my goal my deadlift had been stalled for the longest time and i definitely feel like this iteration of the program either whatever way it was done or whatever way i went about executing it i think i think the, the trick was i wasn't like you know trying to blowing my load on pause deadlifts one day and trap bar deadlifts another day i was leaving most of the intensity for that one heavy thursday 
and focusing on good quality movement and good quality. We had a couple of singles in there along the way with a little bit of volume. So focused on, you know, hitting some nice sub maxes, but just exposing myself to the load. So the big goal was I definitely want to break, which at the time was my one rep max, which was um, 285. So in training, I pulled 290 about four weeks out and it moved really, really well. I sent it to Jay and he said, looks good for a second if you want to try 300 for the third. And that wasn't really in the ballpark for me at that stage. I wasn't really, I had actually missed uh, 290 at Ab Series 5, I believe. It was my third attempt and I missed it. So for me, if I had just gone into the comp and locked in 290 on the platform, that would have been massive for me. So on the day I went in and on my second, I took 290 and it moved really well. So I said to my handler, uh, Vincent Chung, another great powerlifter, uh, one, one of my best mates and another trainer who's been... I can't value his help enough. He's wrapped my knees. He's gotten me water and coffee and, you know, just baby babysat me in the back while I'm being a prima donna, you know? So great guy. He's going to do tremendous now at the next meet as well. I can see him getting from division two to division one. But anyway, so like I said to Vinny, put in 300 for the third. I went out, I pulled it, it came up. It actually was surprisingly not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. And I was, it was, the, it's the, I've never really gotten like, super emotional about lifting uh, another member of abs once said i was the most relaxed person in the back because i was just chilling on a couch this was an old abs i was just sitting down chilling on the couch waiting for my attempts to come because i was honestly bollocks at that stage of the day really really tired but uh she was like jesus you're, you're the most relaxed person here. everyone else is like stomping around so and don't worry i am getting to the point here so uh went out pulled it was like actually super amped after it, super happy and a little teeny little bit emotional. I uh, am a little reluctant to admit, but I was actually like, I can't believe I'm that guy that did that, that could do that weight. So next week, the following week I was in abs and I went over and I looked at the board for the 105 category, which is I am currently fat enough to be in. So it was, I believe it's Barry Piggott has pulled 310. So I asked Jay, I said, if I want to get on that board, do I have to pull the same weight at a lower body weight or pull more weight? And he went, nah, did, can, I, can I swear on this or is that all right? Oh, fucking blind, all you want. <laughs> so he said, he said, fuck that, pull three 12.5. So tentatively, I would love to do that. Not to beat Barry, because I have a lot of respect for Barry, but I want my name on that fucking board. Just one time. For even if it's only for a couple of months, I want to fucking do it. I want to go in and take the picture, put it on Instagram and say, that's it. I've done it. I'm fucking up there, you know? Completed, like, mate. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Like, that's, I suppose, like, and that's the point. And I suppose I would say this to anyone that even if, they, if they're getting into powerlifting and they're looking at, you know, looking at that board, if you're fresh in the door or even if you're a, a somewhat seasoned athlete or someone who's done a meet or two or you know you're going into your first meet looking at that board and you'll find your weight category and look down and say oh shit but it's just true for me anyway just true sheer relentless effort I've managed to get myself within spitting distance of getting my name up there so if I can do that that will be a massive achievement for me personally and it's that's completely outside of winning competitions or winning categories or trophies or anything that's just a that's a victory in in my little race I'm running with myself, you know. No, I think I I could definitely uh, see how that'd be hugely motivating because you do it is. Uh, I remember the first time I walked in, and like I'm one twenty odd, and like you just you're standing there and you're just looking up and you're kind of shaking your head. You're like Jesus fucking Christ! Like, and what's really demoralizing when you actually go in and you look at the bench. And you just see Barry, Barry, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there like this fucking cunt. Um, but like it's, it's a board that like if you, you know, like the West Side board. It's just if you want to be one of the heavy hitters, that's that's the board to get on. Mm. Um, so for you then, like how how did uh, powerlifting affect your kind of coaching or your your outlook on coaching? Do you know, it's actually like the abs program initially kind of woke me up to how differently programs could potentially run. And it made me take a step back and look at what maybe I should change in order of priority for who I'm training. So the whole, the whole gimmick, the iron Ian thing was about, you know, initially it was about tough training based around the likes of barbell work. So 
by getting into powerlifting, it kind of like reinforced that. So people kind of know what they get when they come to me. So it the biggest thing it changed for me, firstly, is I think trainers have like an innate fear of letting clients go heavy. I say with air quotes because heavy is relative. So by getting into this style of training, becoming much more acquainted with the likes of RPE or reps in reserve and utilizing that style with clients. And, you know, it, to some clients, they, they like using things like percentages as an estimate and things like that. Just getting more into that aspect. And it actually wakes people up to say, oh, damn, like I can, I'm actually way stronger than I thought I was. Like one of the clients I train is a, uh, you know, she's, she's a lady in her 50s. She's a nurse in Vincent's and she's the only thing she came to me for she said i want you to teach me how to squat and deadlift and as you can imagine that's one of the best things i could ever hear so for her the ability to come in and squat like a barbell with five kilos on either side is monumental because she never thought she could do that and i think powerlifting i was always a decent squatter but being more exposed to it myself coaching more people to do it and be more invested in the process of being good at it or learning how to address certain issues in it that has made that I think is what facilitated me getting this lady from barely being able to do a goblet squat with her heels up on a plate and every other counterbalance you can imagine to try and facilitate the movement to where she can comfortably walk in the gym now and squat a couple of kilos comfortably and she's actually turned into a bit of a monster on the deadlift uh, again as I mentioned very very she, if people know what training age is her training age is basically maybe less than a year maybe now but I suppose with the lockdowns and things like that maybe it's a little less so she uh her training age is, is quite young and she's still repping 90 kilos on the deadlift for a couple of reps so i'm pretty happy with her performance overall especially as a lady that just wanted to just be good at those two things she's now become proficient at a whole heap of things that i'm not sure i would have taught to prioritize without seeing what powerlifting can do for people and that people are actually way more robust than i think sometimes we give them credit for Sure, you'll have to get her to enter into her first half series. She's I think there is. I think there is a little debate there, man. I think she's she would think about it for sure. Yeah, definitely be, would be. How, how many clients have you gotten to compete in competitions thus far? I have. Let me see. Two girls competed at the last comp, and then I've another. I've two competing at the next one. One of the one of the ones did the last one and. One new girl who's doing one as well. The Absory Sevens in aid of uh, Breast Cancer Ireland. So one of the girls is, feels very strongly about that. So she's jumping in for that. But I can definitely see her sticking around through it for the next little while. Uh, then initially, uh, there's a coach that used to work in Flyfit. Now he's doing his own thing at the moment named Evan Wallace. He was not initially training with abs. And it was I was exposing him to powerlifting and helped him a lot through his first prep, I suppose. Uh, and that's that was my I suppose first I, I wouldn't really say client I guess I guess that's unfair but uh, he was somebody I helped coach through the process and then same with uh, Vincent Chung who's competed twice now I would this most recent competition I was his handler he's my training partner so I would have had a very a big investment in his process and then Mario Morelli for uh, who's one division one actually the most recent competition he's been a long time training partner of mine wouldn't have had as much involvement in his coaching at all but definitely on his meet day hand and he uh, he put a lot of com a lot of trust in me to help him on that day so I definitely got a good bit of exposure to a, a wide variety of athletes on that so I suppose to your question uh Two have definitely done it, and a third one is doing it at the next one. Curious about there, if you're kind of talking about introducing people to powerlifting, what's kind of you could say to someone? Um, you read my mind. <laughs> like, if you were to just say, just do this, this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, what would you say to them? If I was introducing somebody to powerlifting, uh, I suppose the most important thing is do train the movements for obviously to be good at do hire a damn coach who can like powerlifting is i suppose you, it can just be just train as normal and then go and compete but it's better to do that under the guidance of somebody who's either been there themselves or has a sufficient base of knowledge to help you get there uh, do become process oriented and plan your your way to the to the meet you're going to do and pick a meet that is of, of reasonable repute and standard preferably but uh you know just get in there get on the platform and have fun that's and that's the most important thing have fun the don'ts would be 
don't worry about your weight. You don't need to diet into a competition. You don't need to cut water. Leave that to the pros. Leave that to the to the guys that are you know competing for something other than the joy of competing. You know, uh, don't um, you don't need to test your one rep maxes in the gym prior and then go and do that on the day. And then on the day, I actually you know I tell a lie. I completely forgot about one guy I coached who is actually another PT named Jacob who. On the lead up, I wasn't sure how he was going to do because uh, he got a little bit sick prior to the comp, but he went in and nailed his nine for nine and just did everything textbook. Brilliantly executed everything. He just hit that sweet spot on the third attempt with the squat and the bench that left him with enough in the tank to get a nice, uh, tasty little PB on his deadlift. So he did super well. He is now actually building all the way up to uh, the November comp, actually. But... um that he he took the advice on the day to not so much worry about you know walking out on the platform and the first thing you need to do is 10 kilo pb he understood that you know an opener is to get used to being out there get your commands a second attempt is maybe maybe this time you'll actually feel the weight because the first time you were all up in your head and you you don't even remember being on the platform and maybe if all's going well on the third you'll go out there and uh, take a PB, which would be great. So again, just to quickly recap some of those, the do's will be get a coach, start learning the movements, getting used to the commands, probably invest in some of the equipment though. I'm sure there's a good thing about powerlifting. Everyone's really, really generous. So people will be happy to lend you probably one of their myriad of knee sleeves. I don't know about you guys, but I have like four pairs of knee sleeves at the moment. Um, so that can all be taken care of. Sign mm -hmm. up to me, work towards it. Don't worry about your weight. Don't worry about weight classes. It doesn't matter. It really, really, really doesn't matter. I, I can't stress that enough because I made that mistake a little bit between my first and second comp. My first one, I was 93.5. My second one, I was 91.3 or something like that. So I cut about two kilos between April and August. And as I mentioned, my competition did not go incredibly well. So cutting weight is definitely not something I would recommend. If, if there's no need for it, it's, it's a performance-based sporting outlet so focus on having a good day and a good performance and then one that a lot of people say is don't try change anything drastic about your food as you go into meat day but i guess that's skipping ahead a little bit and then ultimately enjoy the fact that there's it's a massive amount of camaraderie like i can't stress that enough the way i actually tend to get people to come with me and come powerlifting isn't by me trying to convince them it's they see me training and they see that I'm training with other people and then they come over and they go, what are we doing today, lads? What's going on? I'm like, oh, well, we're squatting and we're doing this. And they have kind of jump in for a couple of things and, you know, they start to enjoy it and they ask about the program and then, you know, I might give them a little peek at the program. And so they'll start doing that. And then they're like, what's the crack with these knee sleeves, boys? Do I need to get a pair of them? You know what I mean? And then it's just a natural process. And then it's, you know, what time are you training this day? And oh, you're going to squat on Sunday? Oh, great, can I come down? You know what I mean? And it all just leads into them saying, you know, do you think I should do a competition? And lo and behold, their name's on the sheet. You know what I mean? It's it's a great it's a great natural process. You love to see it. Like a gateway drug into powerlifting. <laughs> it is, though, for, for sure, man. Like uh, I have, you, you, you click on one YouTube video when you're 17 and the next thing you know, you've 10 years, 10 years have passed and you're... <laughs> <laughs> And head over arse into the sport. Um, no, but there's some really like clear, concise points that people can take away. I think because while a lot of what myself and Shane do would probably cater to people that are maybe at the say intermediate to to latter stages of maybe advancement and powerlifting. I think just the basic thing of like somebody that's tying with the idea of doing the meet and um, i think it's a unless they're in that kind of club environment or that kind of um click it's it's kind of hard to suss out what you need to do and what you need to avoid um i know for me like like when i was doing my first meet i've a i've a close close friend sean hawk uh does powerlifting and i was just like going off everything he was saying you no know, like he gave me some really really solid advice but like like that it's kind of powerlifting is one of those sports where like i think most people that are involved in it you just have your like powerlifting friends <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have like your your maybe your, your friend group from school or your friend group from college or whatever and then you have your powerlifting friends so like you're nearly like fuck 
fucking Batman, the Jew or Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's no, it's it's really immersive and it's some I think it's like a relatively healthy thing to get really stuck into. Um because like for the likes of yourself and Shane, you've managed to turn lifting into a career. Um and it's something that gives you like can give you a lot of meaning and can give your life something something to reach for. Um that isn't just some kind of arbitrary goal. Um but for a lot of young lads or young people, young teenagers, I think even just if they fall out of organized team sports, like I think we're slowly seeing a lot of teens get involved in powerlifting, which is nice to see. Um, like you've the abs junior competition, which Joe was just gone. There was some absolutely freaky bastards in that, but the abs teen is coming up now in series seven, I think. That's right. I think that'll be, that'll be exciting to see. I think like that's like, I am excited to see the pro, like obviously the pro am but I mean, seeing like what could turn up in terms of like the potential for years down the line, that I would be really excited to see and see these are the, the future stars of the sport or these are the, the guys and girls that we're going to be talking about when we're all three of us are grey and miserable and broken up and retired and <laughs> we'll be talking about their lifts. Um, so yeah. I think it's, I don't know, I think powerlifting is headed in a, a really good direction. Um, and I think you've kind of sedated as to a lot of the reasons why that is. Um, but that's pretty much everything, lads, is it? Yeah, seems like a good place as any to wrap up. Um, any any closing thoughts, Ian? Well, to be honest, if you just left me go, I would literally sit here and talk for the rest of the evening. So I won't hold this up too long. However, I will say, based on what Lawrence is saying there, I definitely agree. This The surge in participation by junior athletes, I would, I would be guilty sometimes of saying, I think sometimes clubs can over-focus on juniors because naturally they're super strong. They have loads of potential and years of mileage in front of them. But I've since started to look at, the, uh, so my, my counter-argument to that would have usually been, yeah, but like, you know, they could get a job or go to college or, you know, get pregnant or move country or just fall out of love with the sport. So I think, you know, especially when people are young, they tend to, you know, a, a year to you or me may not be the same as somebody who's 17, you know what I mean? They're, so the, what they love between September and April can be something completely different come August, the next September. However, like uh, Lawrence has pointed out, I think giving younger people an, an outlet that is so, it's such a positive thing to firstly take their focus off strictly what they look like, showing them that they're actually super strong and capable, robust and you know, gritty people, I think that can have transfer to other parts of your life, which I don't know about you guys, but I certainly definitely feel like if you can, I know if I can survive the abs bench peak, I can survive a lot of things. So that's definitely how I feel about that one. But uh, for the young guys and girls, even if, like you said, you got friends that, uh, Lawrence's friends there that did powerlifting meets years ago, maybe did it one time, but they still talk about it to this day. So I think especially if they're, you're a younger guy, you're a younger girl, and if you are involved in powerlifting, fair play to you, because it's it's a great thing and it's great to see the sport grow and the more participation, the better. But uh, if you're considering it, I would look at, you know, you might do it for two or three or four years, but you will always have this foundation that if you ever decide you want to go back to training or you want to try something else, you've had this really solid base put under you. you build a great community of people around you that you know i've i've met friends that you know you, like i mentioned uh reese manning earlier on he doesn't really powerlift anymore but i'd still keep in touch with the guy you know what i mean he's doing great things now as well so i definitely think there's that element that uh you might miss otherwise especially in the current times as a younger person because the, the the social interaction has been limited like i love to see the fact that like clubs always celebrate their you know their their athletes wins online you know what i mean every every time like if somebody does something good they'll always celebrate the win so yeah i, I completely agree with everything you're saying like i think it's a i'm really happy with to see where this is going and it's great to see that it only every year i've been in it for the brief time i have been things have gotten better even through all this have gotten way way better so it's great to see and it's, it gives me opportunities like this to talk to you guys and, you know you guys are both smart guys you're both well trained 
good looking men you know it's great to see and it's great to great to have the opportunity to come on and chat to you here for sure Deadly. no we definitely are heading towards like the golden times of our and we're living in arguably the golden age of powerlifting Ireland like like I think that largely is down to like a lot of what um like you said earlier, that kind of community thing. Um, I think and I think abs like the club, Jay, um, the just the investment in powerlifting, um, at an individual but at a kind of a club level as well as done a lot. Like it's probably no coincidence that the club that is abs and kind of it's expanding for a reason and powerlifting is getting um the likes of us and a younger crew drawn in. So it'll be fun times to see. Like arguably like Jake just totaled a thousand, um, which has never been done before in Ireland. And I do incredible. Yes. I, I was gonna say it's uh it's so accessible now. Like I suppose beforehand, like perilous and when I remember when I started listening, it if you knew somebody who was doing perilous and like that was like extremely fringe. <laughs> um whereas it, it's like it's like mainstream now, so I don't know if it's cool anymore either, and uh, because of mainstream. But it's a really good opportunity for people who have never even been like been afforded the opportunity to be involved in organized sport to actually get into it. Because like, say, say for example, like, well, I'm 27 now. If I just decided, right, I want to join a football club, <laughs> like, join a random football club is like that's a huge skill set for me to try to develop. And like you know, become being a beginner as like you know, joining the local football team. Like you might, you may never see time in the field ever. You might just always be the guy who has to do the shitty job of training or whatever and fill up the water bottles. <laughs> Whereas at least if you've never been involved in organized sport, this gives you an opportunity to kind of train around people who are in kind of higher positions than you, but you're going to be treated with the same level of respect. And you're gone and the skill set that you have to develop. Like I mean, as you mentioned, Ian, squat, bench, and deadlift pretty easy to kind of get good at over time like you know once your kind of technique is pretty solid you just need to get stronger you know whereas in other sports there's so many different things that you have to be good at like so uh yeah so that's my two cents i think the access thing is largely down to the fact that like all you need is like let's say photo photo in powerlifting like you would have had it mainly mainly equipped uh, and equipped powerlifting was kind of a, the mainstay of powerlifting um, where you need, for anyone who doesn't know, um, a squat suit, potentially briefs, a uh, bench shirt, um, and a deadlift suit all to lift in. And if anybody doesn't know, like you're racking up even in single ply gear, which is substantially cheaper than multiplier, you're still racking up probably a 12 or 1300 euro bill just to get started and that's if you know your boy that's not even top of the range your Porsche Ferrari lifting <laughs> lifting equipment there um so I think I like raw lifting just like you said earlier there just looking at someone in a pair of sleeves and a belt that's all you need and a gym membership and there's not much else that's required whereas maybe like 10 or 15 years ago you needed to be training in a powerlifting gym with all that gear. Um, pretty difficult to walk out, multiply squats as well. So you probably need to train the gym with a monolift. You know, all of these things were acting as barriers, um, and they've just kind of faded away, thankfully. Well, even down to like just for things like this, you did mention like it, we are kind of in that golden age, especially here in Ireland for sure. There's a, a massive up taken interest like you know even like as I, me I mentioned to you guys beforehand like I, I really enjoy your your podcast I listen to it every Friday while I'm training and but between yourselves and I know the Odyssey guys have a podcast no lift podcast is out there the fact that there is this even demand for something like this you know people want to listen to this content you know what I mean it's shown that there is a growing interest in doing sports outside of kicking the ball around the field whether that is something like strongman crossfit or powerlifting you know when people think of sports related to the gym they're not strictly thinking of bodybuilding anymore they actually are starting to branch out and seeing more people as i mentioned before uh, seeing more people actually go to the gym whether it's powerlifting or not and, and try their squats or their bench or their deadlift more and more people now compared to when i first started 
are training more towards this end and prioritizing things like being stronger or fitter. And that's, that's amazing to see. Like, so I think just the fact that there is demand for this type of content, be it here, uh, the likes of YouTube and it's even Instagram pages and things like that, like I think is indicative that there is a bit of a shift and people are way, way more interested in that performance-based training or something that they can practically see improvement over time and something as static as numbers on a bar. So, you know, I think that's that's a, a massive thing for me and for I'm sure a lot of people listening. But uh, lads, I will uh, I will probably stop there because as I said, I will just keep going for another hour and you'll you have the longest episode ever and it'll be a nightmare for Shane to edit them. Or Shane is going to have a heart attack trying to edit, uh, edit the next two words. So. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. I, I got today's one done in record time, so I'm getting better. Right. I suppose we'll wrap up there. Um. So, Ian, do you want to just tell people where they can find you uh, if they want to? So, you? Absolutely. So, I am across on Instagram and most platforms at Iron Ian PT. Uh, on Instagram, I will occasionally troll like question boxes and things like that if you want to engage and i'll usually record videos and i will probably post about 100 stories a day or i'll do an igtv occasionally i'll throw something up on youtube there as well that is the bulk of the places you'll find my content and you will have to listen to me rant about a wide variety of topics but uh yeah so those would be the main ones at rnpt instagram would probably be the good filter into everything else Deadly. unreal cool grand uh thank you very much for listening hope you in enjoyed the episode uh so just make sure that whatever kind of platform listen listen to this on that you either leave a review give us a rating uh like it follow it uh subscribe whatever the fucking option is share it on social media that kind of stuff uh and yeah thank you very much we will catch you in the next one